You are listening to Packers Talk Radio Network. Packers Talk. The performance wasn't always as pretty as the 1950s throwback uniforms, but in the end, the 2021 Green Bay Packers just kept on rolling. And with that, I'd like to welcome you to another episode of Lemps Talk and Pack. I am your host, Chris Lempsis, coming to you once again from my basement Packer room in my home in Milwaukee, Wisconsin, here to break down Green Bay's. There's no way they were going to lose with Lemps in the house, baby. 24-10 win over the Washington football team on Sunday at Lambeau Field. Oh, yeah. As you all know by now, I'm sure I was at the game Sunday. I've talked about that a lot on the show the last couple of weeks. Hence the show coming to you a day later than usual. You're getting this on a Tuesday morning as opposed to the usual Monday morning recap. Uh, You know, it's funny. I was tailgating before the game Sunday. with uh, I was at Kyle Cousineau's tailgate. If you're on Twitter, you know who Kyle is. The mayor of Green Bay. Kyle's the man. He's great. He's like... Kyle's like Dave Grohl of Packer Twitter. Like, everybody likes Kyle. Like, most of us... (laughs) have at least one person or in my case probably a few people who don't like me but everybody likes Kyle everybody loves him he's fucking great he's like Dave Grohl he's the man he had a tailgate in a uh, lot one at Lambeau on Sunday and my wife and I he was kind enough to invite my wife and I as we've gone to his tailgate in the past and then we met up with uh co Packers talk grand Poopa. C.D. Angeli and his son, they came by and were hanging out with us. It was a great time. But anyway, so we're at the tailgate, and C.D.'s like, oh, so you're doing the show tonight, right? <laughs> and I'm like, dude, didn't you listen to the show last week? Like, I can't I can't do it tonight. Like, I'm going to be drunk. <laughs> I mean, I was drunk as I was saying that at, like, 1030 in the morning on Sunday. Packer football's great. Where else can you just be drunk at 1030 in the morning on a Sunday, and everybody's like, yeah, welcome. We are, too. But he's like, so you're doing the show, right? And I'm like, uh, no, I didn't bring the mic. He's like, you slacker. <laughs> but then my wife, and if, by the way, if my voice sounds a little fried, it probably still is uh, from all the yelling I did at the game yesterday because I'm not, I'm not a wallflower at the game. I'm not one of these people that sit, I stand and yell most of the time. So, but then he's like, so, oh, he's like, you slacker. And then my wife is like, uh, no, that's for the best because I don't want to hear that shit. <laughs> Because I'd have to do it in our, our hotel room at the lovely American, the American West in Green Bay. Um, so, yeah, I was like, no, I, I can't. I can't do the show. It's, it's got to be a day late, you know. So it, I'm coming to you now, and I'm I'm very excited. Uh, and I'm going to have more from my weekend in Green Bay, my day at Lambeau. A lot of fun stuff happened, a lot of cool stuff, a lot of weird stuff I saw. I'm going to sprinkle that in as I move along here tonight. Um. Before we do that, of course, there was some news Monday, not fun, not of the news of the not fun variety. Uh, Monday, the Packers learning a pair of key contributors have tested positive for COVID-19. Superstar wide receiver Devontae Adams and defensive coordinator Joe Barry. Uh, we found the news out about Barry Monday morning, and then late in the afternoon Monday, we found out about Devontae, which is just... Fucking great, because they play on Thursday. 
Uh, now, it doesn't, it's, at this point, it's highly unlikely that either will be available for Thursday. Uh, Devontae, I assume this is the case with Joe Barry, too. I've only seen it regarding Devontae, that he could still play. If he's asymptomatic and he has two negative tests between tomorrow and Thursday, now that's highly unlikely. Adams has said he's vaccinated, and I know Joe Barry, because the coaches had to be vaccinated or they lost their jobs. So both those guys are vaccinated, which will help their case. Um, hopefully it helps them get better quicker and test pot, you know, test negative. But both guys would need uh, two negative tests between tomorrow and Thursday. So it's possible Devontae could tomorrow and Wednesday or Wednesday and Thursday. Um, or I should say, yeah, Tuesday and Wednesday or Wednesday and Thursday test negative and he would be available to go. Now, the team flies out Wednesday to uh, Arizona. So if he tests negative Thursday, he probably would have to take like a private jet and fly out there. But not not impossible. So I know everybody's hanging their heads and saying, well, and again, I would say it's likely that neither will be available. And my lights just went out. I don't know why that keeps happening. Why does that keep happening at this moment? Hang on. Um, adventures in electricity. Uh, so, <laughs> but anyways, yeah, uh, I would seem highly likely that both will, will, uh, be unavailable, but there's a chance. There's a chance. It's obviously going to be a lot tougher for the Packers. If Barry isn't there, I would guess Jerry Gray, the secondary coach, would be the defensive coordinator. And... Because he's the only one on the staff that has any real experience as a coordinator. I think he's the only one who's ever been a D coordinator. And then Adams, you know, it'll be a big loss. It sounds like maybe MVS will be available, which would help. Rodgers has had success. The team has had success. They, you know, won games last year without Adams early in the year. So, obviously, it's going to be a challenge even if he plays. More challenging without him, but not impossible. More on that towards the end of the show. Anywho, as a result of the win Sunday, Green Bay sixth in a row. The Packers remain all alone in first place in the NFC North at six and one. The Minnesota Vikings, who were on their bye this week, remain in second at three and three. The Chicago Bears were pounded by Tom Brady and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, thirty-eight to three, and stay in third at three and four. I so I watched that game. The Packer game ended, and I was like, time to go to the distillery for some victory beers. And I, my wife and I went over there, and I had a couple drinks. We ate. And I swear, like, it didn't take us that long to walk from Lambeau. To, you know, it's not that far from the Lambeau to the Green Bay distillery. But it felt like by the time we walked there, sat down, I got a beer, took like two sips of the beer. It was like 14 nothing Tampa or like 21 nothing. <laughs> I was like... Shit, this game's already over. And they looked around and that was the only game they had on all the TVs. I was like, so can someone put the Lions? That game at least seems kind of close. So yeah, the Bears got their asses kicked. uh, Which is always fun to see. And the aforementioned Detroit Lions. uh, Man, it really looked like it was going to happen, right? Maybe it looked like it, it maybe could happen. Really looked like they might pull off the upset in Los Angeles over the Rams. But it's the Lions, so it didn't. (laughs) Detroit dropping a... 28-19 28-19 decision and falling to 0-7 as a result. Before we get into the fun, and I hope you've been having fun already, I have to do the shameless self-promotion. 
which I know you love or at the very least tolerate. Twitter, Lemps, MKE, at It's Just Chris Now. Facebook, Old Bag of Donuts, OL Bag of Donuts. The email, Old Bag of Donuts, OL Bag of Donuts at gmail.com. For anyone listening on the wonderful Packers Talk iTunes page, leave a rating. Five stars. We like those the most. Four are good, too. We're at 99 ratings for the Packers Talk page. Who wants to be number 100? Who wants to help us hit the century mark? Join the Century Club in ratings. Is it you? Is it you? 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 It'd be great if one of you could do that. Uh, and leave a comment. If it's Hopefully if it's positive. If it's negative, fuck it. Leave it too. I can handle it. Um, uh, we're on Spotify. You can find us by searching for Packers Talk. Look for our logo, which is the head of the Vince Lombardi statue, which sits outside Lambeau Field. And we're on iHeartRadio, so look for us there as well. And you can subscribe to us on any of those platforms. That's what I would say. Just hit the subscribe button, and then we just deliver the shit to you. It's just right there. You wake up, bam, there's Lemps right there. I'm on your phone. I'm there. You even have to search for me. I'm right there. That's what I would say. Okay, now that my lights have gone out a couple of times and we done got that out the way, let's go. Let's dive right in. Let's talk about this Packers dub. Throwback uniform dub. So maybe I shouldn't even say dub. Maybe I should use some, like, 50s lingo. Like, hey, daddy-o, that was a snazzy, super hip, cool win. <laughs> I don't know. How the fuck? How do people even They say, like, snazzy, that was a great win. Let's talk about it at the sock hop on Friday. <laughs> right? That would be it. You can read about it in the Saturday Evening Post. Um, yeah, the the uniforms, just first, first of all, the uniforms, being there in person, especially those uniforms are beautiful. They are beautiful. The dark green with the golds, the simple gold, the yellow helmet. Oh, the way those helmets were shining in the sun. Oh, my God. I know they'd never do it, and they probably shouldn't. But if, like, tomorrow Murphy was to say, you know what, these are going to be our uniforms going forward, I would be like, that's cool, I'm in. (laughs) Would anybody really be that mad? They are fucking beautiful, beautiful uniforms. I never thought I could like throwbacks more than the ones that they wore in 2010. It was 2010 and 2011 with the, uh, was it the brown helmets? They had the brown pants and the blue uniform with the yellow circle with the number in it. It's inspired by, I believe, the early Notre Dame uniforms. Beautiful. I think I like these more. I never thought I'd say that, but I think I do. So, now you know, as always, or I always, or almost always, I begin by talking about the offense. Rodgers did this, Adams did that, Jonesy's a superstar, etc., etc. For this episode, I do want to switch it up. Yeah, you know what? I do want to switch it up. Let's do that. Let's start by talking about the defense. Really a solid effort overall from the defense. Now, before I get going, they they did give up some yards. A couple of big plays that were probably preventable. And certainly seeing Taylor Heineke running all over the yard at times gives you lengthy pause with Kyler Murray looming just a few days away. But there was a lot to like as well. More than a few guys really stood out in a good way. And really, the big thing was the red zone defense. I mean... Holy shit. The fucking red zone defense. Where was this red zone defense all season? Wow. I mean, wow. What an outstanding effort from the Packers in the red zone. Now, I I know Washington, that ain't the greatest, you know, they ain't the greatest show on turf Rams or anything. (laughs) But the Packers red zone defense Sunday was outstanding. 
obviously in the second half in particular. Washington with four trips into the Packers' red zone in the second half came away with a total of three points. Now, each of those was impressive in its own way. So I do want to talk a little bit about each of those possessions. If I can here. Let me get the stats. I get the play-by-play. So, Packers are up 21-14. It's just past the midway point of the uh, third quarter. Washington goes on a drive. They get down third and goal at the Green Bay 3. Heineke (laughs) throws Green Bay a bone by scrambling. Thought he had, I mean, he had a clear path to the end zone and dove and ended up being short. He did not get into the end zone. He dove short, which is unfortunate for him, but also hilarious for us. So that sets up fourth and goal at the Green Bay 1. Now we're all thinking they're going to score. It's been nice so far, but I mean, it's the Packers, it's the red zone, and you know they're going to score. They don't. Heineke up the middle for one. No gain. My guy, Devondre Campbell. Sky, you mom. Man, I lost my shit. They introduced the defense. Uh, for the game, the starters on defense. Not They didn't do offense. The starters on defense. When they said linebacker from Minnesota, I lost my mind. Sky, you mom, baby. Campbell forces the fumble. Heineke recovers. No gain. Goal line stand. Everybody's, Nambo is freaking out. Everybody's losing their minds. They just did finally a stop in the red zone. So that gets the ball rolling. Then the Packers quickly punt. They go three and out. Washington. Here we go. Third and two at the Green Bay three. Heineke. Incomplete pass to Terry McLaurin. That was the one that McLaurin, I mean, he should have had that. That was a drop. That was, they were aided a little bit on that. McLaurin, he's awesome, by the way. Boys, Terry McLaurin, he is an awesome football player. He's a star, man. They got a star there in that kid. Incomplete, but he dropped one. Throw us a freaking bone. It worked. Fourth and two with the three. Heineke, incomplete to Ricky Seals-Jones. Nice coverage. Really nice coverage from Adrian Amos on that. More on him in a little bit. More on a lot of these guys in a little bit. Great coverage on that. Turnover on downs. Then, 24-3 Packers now. Now we are into... We're in the fourth quarter. Yeah, we're into the fourth quarter now. Washington, second and 10 at the Green Bay 14. Heineke, incom- or, uh, short pass to Seals Jones, two yards. That's up a third and eight at the Green Bay 12. Pass into the end zone, intercepted by Chan and Solve. That was right in front. That was in our corner of the end zone. I was up in section 107, row 60. That was intercepted. That was right in front. That was awesome. What a great, what a great play by Chan and Sullivan. That was an incredible play. So getting stops in a multitude of ways. But it all worked. Great coverage. Picking off passes. The guys in the front seven doing their thing on the goal line. Awesome. Great stuff to see. And then they did, Washington did get a field goal on their final trip inside the red zone. Chris blew it. That's an unfortunate name for a kicker. Huh? 45-yard field goal. But yeah, each of those plays was great. Each of those stops was really impressive in their own way. And really, Green Bay... This is, I know I'm kind of bending it a little bit, but really they held them to three points on six trips. If you count those two first half Washington possessions that just about reached the Packers red zone, I think they got to the Green Bay 24 on one, and then that was a turnover on downs, and they got to the 27 on the other one, that ended up in the blocked field goal. Or is it, one? you know what I mean, it's 24-27, yard line of the Packers, turnover on downs in the blocked field. I mean, it was awesome. So really... Three trips, or six trips, and basically three points. I mean, that was all, that's really good. 
As for what changed, I, you know, again, being up in uh, row 60, section 107, I didn't see anything schematically. It didn't feel like anything overtly, you know, anything changed overtly schematically. Just felt like guys were sharper and more aggressive and were really flying around the ball, which is great to see, you know. Very little standing in their skates, to use a hockey term. Great stuff. Now, Washington gave them some help, as I talked about. And again, no one's confusing Washington with an offensive juggernaut. But still, these stops were really great to see. And there's something the Packers can build off of going forward, you know? The guys can say to themselves, hey, we can get stops down here. Us as a group, we've done it. Now we just have to keep doing it. That's really important. Sometimes just getting that first one or those first couple, that can get the ball rolling. Hopefully that's the case here. Uh, Like I said, there were a bunch of really strong performances. None stronger than that of third-year outside linebacker Rashawn Gary. What a monster day for number 52. He was dominant. Seven, two sacks, four quarterback hits. He had, was it one forced fumble? He had at least the one forced fumble. Uh, seven total tackles for the day, making plays against the run, making plays, getting after the quarterback. I mean, 52 was everywhere. He is really becoming the player Green Bay drafted him to be. Because he's been doing, he's really, he's been getting the pressures. He's done a great job getting pressure on the quarterback. But those sacks, those big plays haven't really come. But you knew they were gonna, right? It's like, it's like if a baseball player struggling and he, but he's hitting the ball. He's just hitting it at, you know, he's just hit Adam balls, hit him at people. Just not, you know, but you know what I mean? You're making contact, you know, eventually the hits are going to come. That's what's happening for Gary. The Now those pressures are now starting to give way to making those big plays. His strip sack on Washington's first series, the first series for either team of the third quarter, was a huge momentum changer. Now, it was seven, it was 14-7 going into the half. Uh, the touchdown to Lazard helped. But it was still, I mean, it was anyone's game at that point, right? Gary comes up with the big play, gets to Heineke. That was an incredible play. Incredible. The way he was able to beat the tackle, knock the ball out, and then have Dean Lowry recover it. And then that sets up, right? That set up a Packers touchdown. That set up the, the touchdown pass to Bobby T. More on that in a little bit. But... You know, it's giving way to those, the pressures are giving way to the sacks and those big plays, those big momentum. It's all coming together for Gary. And that is really, really important because you look at the future, right? We don't know what's going to happen with Z. Is he going to come back this year? The back stuff, he had the back surgery. It didn't sound like he was particularly thrilled about his contract this summer, that it didn't get redone. Um, Feels like he's outperformed his contract, which is kind of hard to argue But now with the back stuff and his, I mean, is he going to be back in Green Bay next year? At this point, it seems kind of unlikely. I think Preston will be back. But I don't know if Z will. But having a guy like Gary play this way makes that decision a lot easier for the team. They can say, well, if we have to move on from Z, we can because we have Gary and he's turning into a stud. And he really is. He's turning into a guy who may have all pro potential. I really believe that. Watching him yesterday in person, I mean, he was just overwhelming Washington's. No matter where they had him lined up, he was just overwhelming that offensive line. So good to see. Talked about Devondre Campbell. Continues to turn in outstanding performances. I saw this from Zach Cruz from Packer Wire. Tweeted this uh, afternoon that Devondre Campbell is Pro Football Focus's eighth highest graded 
defensive player in the entire league at this point in the season going into the Monday night game tonight? Eighth highest. So he's probably focused on him as the eighth best defensive player in football right now. For a guy they got off the street this summer for two million bucks. Incredible, you know, and just another outstanding day from him. What did he finish with? Hang on. Computer's running slow here. 13 tackles. 13 tackles and two forced fumbles. Outstanding, you know? And I, you know, I was joking with Zach on Twitter, too, that it's funny to me that uh, so many Packers fans have to root for a guy. So many Packers fans who are probably Badger fans have to root for a guy who went to the University of Minnesota, which gives us Gopher fans, or us Gopher Packer fans, extra joy. But yeah, he's been great, you know, and he continues to do great things. I keep saying it. He continues. It's not an accident that the defense seems so much more cohesive and in sync with each other now that they have a really good player at inside linebacker. He's added that extra element. That's what a good inside linebacker does. That's why people like me have been screaming for years that they needed to address the position. Because look what happens when you get a good player there. Ta-da! How about that? Outstanding. Uh, Kingsley, Kiki, and Dean Lowry were really, really good. Great day from those two. Kiki with a sack and a half. Lowry with a a half a sack. Kind of a quiet day for Kenny Clark, which that's okay. You know, that happens. He's not going to be dominant every week. But kind of quite, but that's okay when you've got guys like Kiki and Lowry playing the way they did. Lowry's been playing, especially, I want to talk about him, he's been playing really good ball these last few weeks. I think he's been good overall all season, but especially the last few weeks. I'm really glad Green Bay took my advice and hung on to him after he closed last season strong. Everybody, all offseason was like, cut Lowry. Why is Lowry still on this team? Cut Lowry. And I kept saying, you guys, he played really well from this from the midway point of last season on. He played really good football. I don't think they should cut him. And they saw it the same way and kept him. And I was I'm not right on a lot of stuff, but I was right about that. I remember right on a few things, you know. But I was definitely right about that, that they should hang on to Lowry. It was great to see. Adrian Amos made a nice play on that fourth down uh, pass in the end zone. He was good. Sullivan had the pick. Sullivan's been really good these last few weeks. Sullivan was kind of the forgotten man coming into the season because they'd re-signed King. They drafted Stokes. He had Jaw there. It's kind of like... And Sullivan wasn't, didn't quite take the step forward last season. We all thought he was going to after 2019. Felt like he was kind of maybe even on the roster bubble a little bit as far as going forward after this year. But he's been really good. He stepped up the last few weeks. Great to see. Thought Razul Douglas. Thought he was really noticeable. Thought he made some nice plays. He had, he had what, he had at least, the, yeah, he had the one forced fumble. Uh, and he had a pass. I mean, he was good. You know, he was doing some good things. I feel like Joe Barry's unit is playing better and better. Now, hopefully Preston Smith and Kevin King will soon return, which should help. And of course, the big hope is that Z and Jair will come back eventually. The challenges for this unit, the Packers as a whole, but really, especially the defense, are really going to go up a few notches in this next month or so with Arizona. Minnesota's got a good offense. We know what Kansas City does offensively. You know, Seattle's going to get Russell Wilson back. L.A., I mean, there's going to be challenges every week for this defense. But I'm seeing some things that make me think they'll be up for those challenges, which is great. Uh, Offensively, wow, 23 minutes in, I'm just getting to the offense. I thought the offense overall was solid. Let's go with that. Yeah, solid overall. Didn't love the game plan, which was clearly to throw, throw, and throw some more. Now, I get why a team might want to go with that approach. Washington secondary isn't great. 
So if you can block that fearsome D lineup, yeah, you know, I mean, it's there for you to throw. But I, I still think you need to make a concerted effort to run the ball, especially with the two backs Green Bay has. I mean, the Packers just didn't do that at all. I mean, they only had, was it 12 carries? Yeah, Jones, Dylan, and Hill combined for 12 carries. Six for Jonesy, three for Dylan, and two for... Now, Dylan had a day to forget, obviously, with the two fumbles and lost one of them. But, you know, at times, when you don't do that, you make it so easy. And at times they did, they made it far too easy for that Washington front to pin its ears back and get after Rodgers. Man alive, did they ever get after Rodgers, especially in that first half. That D-line for Washington is something else, man. With Chase Young and Allen and Sweat... They have put so they put an insane amount of draft capital into that defensive line. But in the first half of the game yesterday, you saw why they did that. Cuz they were really that Washington up on the lines along the lines of scrimmage was winning offensively and defensively. But that defensive line particularly was was keeping them in the game. You know, was giving them a chance. Uh then and the Packers offensive line, particularly the interior of that group did not I didn't think play particularly well. It was a tough day. For John Runyon Jr. and uh, Lucas Patrick and my son Royce Meyer, <laughs> my son Royce Newman, yeah, Runyon, uh, Runyon Patrick and Newman had a tough day, which is sad, especially because I was tailgating and I kept seeing, we kept seeing all these people walking by in Newman's these. I saw two different large packs of people go by wearing Newman seventy jerseys. I was like, well, that's got to be his family, unless they're all Royce Newman Royce Newman super fans like I am, but. Even I don't have his jersey. So I was like, oh, man, he was struggling. I was like, man, his whole family's here to see him play today, I think. He's not out there doing well. This is unfortunate. You know? And again, now, that that defensive line, they, they, they made it hard to run the ball. They made it hard for the Packers to do everything, but I still think you have to make more of an effort. Now, despite those issues, there were some good things happening with the offense, particularly the performance of Aaron Rodgers. Thought Rodgers was very, very good in this one. 27 to 35, 274 yards, three touchdowns, no picks, 7.8 yards per attempt. Also had two scrambles for 17 yards, including an extra impressive 15 yarder early on in the game. He can, he's got juice in those legs, you know. I wish he would do that more. Sometimes I think he has opportunities to run and he doesn't, and maybe he costs the team yards. But you know, seeing as though he's getting up there in age, I understand why he doesn't. But yeah, I thought he played really well. Thought. He was, I talked about this after the Bears game uh, last week too, thought he was very in control. Stayed away from the home run chasing, yet he still got those big plays simply by staying within the offense. Hey, how about that? You know, they had those big, those big chunk plays were there. You know, Adams had a 26-yard reception. Tunyon had a 25-yard reception. Lazard, 19. Lewis, 17. Cobb, those are all big plays. But you're getting them by staying within the offense. You know, great to see. Really felt like Rodgers was in control. Very, his accuracy was very high. Yesterday was very good. Great performance from Rodgers. It was weird watching because I there were definitely a couple times where I kept thinking, God, is this going to be the last time I ever see him play for the Packers at Lambeau? So I did, even after the game was over, I filmed him walking off, doing his post-game interview and then walking off the field and, and then into the tunnel. I filmed it on my phone because I just wanted it because I was like, I, this might be the last time. It could, you know, and it was weird that I hadn't really thought about that till I was there. And then as I was watching, it definitely hit me a few different times. Really some nice throws. His touchdown throw 
to uh, Adams, the first one of the game for Green Bay, was really impressive on that fourth down, the way he scrambled, pump fake, bot time, bot time. It's funny being there, you can tell sitting up, you can tell, you can see, I think a little better where the quarterback is looking. His first, second, third, fourth, fifth, sixth, and seventh read on that play was Devontae. He wasn't going anywhere else with the ball. <laughs> Nowhere else. So it was a nice job by Rodgers. Rolled to his right by time with the pump fake. Adams cuts back open over the middle. Rodgers hits him. Adams turns it up and gets in for the score. That was great. Um, the touchdown pass to Tunyon was awesome. That was, again, right in our corner. That was a thing of beauty, the way Rodgers was able to drop that into the bucket. Some nice stuff from 12, for sure. Speaking of Tunyon, loved seeing him going. Loved seeing Bobby T finally get going. Four catches, 63 yards, the touchdown, which I talked about. Some big plays. That was great. Alan Lazard, nice to see Lazard get going. Five catches, 60 yards, and a touchdown. Did he push off a little bit on his touchdown? I think he did. (laughs) But I mean, fucking Michael Irvin's in the Hall of Fame for stuff like that, so who cares, right? They didn't call it. Um... He was making plays. Great stuff. Thought Tunyon had a couple of nice blocks also. Nice to get those two going, you know, especially with MVS out. Like I said earlier, maybe he'll be back Thursday. You can tell the offense is missing an extra element. That that element that MVS brings, they're missing that. That ability to stretch the field and open things up. And then obviously, you know, Adam's out now as well, it looks like, for Thursday. So it's nice to get those two going. It's a better offense. Like, I know we all love, and I do too. We all love Rodgers to Adams just lighting shit up. But it's a better offense, I think, when more people are getting involved in the passing game. I will say that. So that was good. Speaking of getting going, hey, there's a transition. Uh, maybe seeing some real steps forward from the special teams? Possibly? I think it was the best special teams performance of the year, which is fucking crazy because they had a kick blocked in this one. Which, I mean, I'll echo everyone else who was like, yes, this is about a month coming because it was. They've been playing with fire in that area for a long time, so then it finally burned them. But the kick coverage units were really strong. No big returns for Washington. They blocked a field goal. TJ Slayton, the big man, getting in there, getting the paw on it, knocking it down. That was great to see. I think they said that was the Packers' first block kick since 2015? With Dayton Jones? There's a name. And then Corey Bjorquez just continues to seeing him punt in person, it really, his kicks are so impressive in person. He's, you can just tell you how, you really can see crystal clear how much he booms the shit out of it. They are beautiful punts. It's a thing of beauty watching. You know, like I said last week, you never want to see the punter come on the field, but at least with Bjork, you know, with Bjorkwes, you're like, well, I know he's going to, he's going to do something good here. He's going to do something right. That's good to see. So, and I did kind of want to just quick talk about my trip now, because I hadn't been at Lambeau in two years. The Ca- got to keep it real. The Carolina game in the snow in 2019 was the last time I'd been at Lambeau. Um, it was just special, you know. I said last week that I've had a few, or maybe even more than a few beers, and I'm walking up to Lambeau Walk is one of the best walks you can have as a human being, especially as a sports fan. That's awesome. If you haven't experienced it yet, just go. You gotta go. You know, I know times are tough and maybe not now, but someday you gotta go someday. Every Packer fan has to go at least once. You have to. That walk, going into the stadium, and then when you get up to your section, you're walking down the tunnel, walking through the tunnel to get to your seats. Oh man, I had I had, I had goosebumps on my goosebumps. 
it felt so good to be back. You know, I felt like I was back home, which is great. Uh, my trip to Green Bay was fun. I said paid $588 to stay at the American. Where else would you rather stay than the American? Uh, the Continental Breakfast was like war on Sunday morning. Everybody was, everybody was, no one was giving anybody an inch. Everybody was side-eyeing each other. There was one lady in an Al Harris jersey, which was cool. I was like, man, aren't we all Packer fans? Like, dude, I'm just trying to get to the donuts. I was trying to get to the orange juice, and this guy was like, like glaring at me. I'm like, bro, can I get past? <laughs> so that was fun. Um, Saturday night, we went to the pro shop. It was packed. My wife wanted to get some stuff. I ended up, of course, spending money because you go, you're like, I'm not going to I'm like, I was just there. I bought the coach's jacket. I just bought a Jaw jersey. I don't need more stuff. Somehow I ended up spending $40 anyways. <laughs> bought the throwback winter hat. Just a couple other things. Um, went to Kroll's on Saturday night after we went to the pro shop. Green Bay Institution, Kroll's West, right by the stadium. Got something called the Big K Burger, which was one half pound patty. Holy shit. We got cheese curds and fries. Basically, they gave us a duffel bag full of cheese curds and a duffel bag full of fries. <laughs> Appreciate that. Shout out to Krolls. Uh, talked about the tailgating. That was always fun. Saw some weird jerseys. If you don't follow me on Twitter, I saw a gentleman. So we're tailgating, and these people a few sections over, my wife goes, look at that guy's jersey. It's a custom jersey. Look at it. it says On the back, it says MN Super Bowl wins zero. Minnesota Super Bowl wins, and the number was zero. And I was like, oh, my God. And, like, again, this is why Lambo's awesome because you might not do this in, in, like, normal life. But, like, I had a few beers, and I'm like, I'm going to take a picture. So I ran over, and I was like, so I just walked over to these guys' conversation. And the one guy turns to the other guy and goes, you know this fucking guy? <laughs> and he's like, no. And I'm like, dude, your jersey is sick. We got to get a picture. And he's like, hell, yeah, brother, let's do it. <laughs> so we took the picture. It's on the, it's, again, it's on the Twitter page of me excitedly pointing to his jersey. Good stuff. What a legend. Saw, you know, you see the, you know, well, I talk about other, I saw some other teams' jerseys. I saw a guy at the game wearing a Justin Herbert jersey, which was weird. My wife saw somebody wearing Indianapolis Colts stuff. I saw a guy wearing Titans gear. We were in line with three people wearing Vikings jerseys. I was like, what the fuck is going on here? <laughs> saw some cool, random, weird old Packer jerseys. That's a thing I want to do. I want to do like a blog, and then my wife was talking about I could turn it into a book that they could sell to pro shop. Weird jerseys at Lambeau. Like, I someone on Twitter told me recently they saw a guy wearing a Ross. I didn't see the guy wearing the Ross Verber jersey or the John Michaels jersey, which was disappointing. But like, yeah, I saw uh, there was a guy wearing a starter Reggie White jersey, but it which is one thing, but it was like pristine. Like, I was like, do you just take that out of the closet, like, once a year to wear it? Because, like, how is that in such good condition? I'd love to do that. I would love to start a blog of, like, weird Packers jerseys. Rando jerseys seen at Lambeau. You know, that would be fantastic. I'd love to do that. Um, Did I drink too much? Yeah. I knew I had probably, I was probably too far on my way. There was a break in the action in, like, the late first quarter. They were playing Nothing But A Good Time by Poison, and I was I was excitedly, loudly singing along with every word, and my wife just looked at me, and she was like, shook her head like, what the fuck? 
And I was like, man, am I singing poison? I was like, I'm, I think I might have had a few too many as I'm drinking my 24-ounce Miller High Life. Um, that was fun. Good music at Lambeau. I think they knew I was coming because when I walked up the tunnel, as soon as I came out of the tunnel, they started playing Limp Bizkit's Rollin'. I swear to God that happened. I was like, did you guys know I was coming? They played Return of the Mac at one point. I was like, this is very Lamp-centric. I like this. Uh, one thing I didn't like as much, people leaving early. A lot of people left early. I was like, "Why? Are, where are you guys going? It's like, it'd be one thing if it was a night game, even a late, like a 325 start. It's a noon game. I'm like, where's everybody leaving to? Like the, the stadium was probably like 80% full at the end. Not me. I don't leave. I don't, I, I've been there for blowouts. I've been there for blow packer wins. I've been there games they lost. I don't leave. Ever. You never leave until the gun. Ever. That's my rule. Uh, and then we went to the distillery after. That's one of my favorite spots in Green Bay, too. The distillery is where my wife and I met for the first time. That's a really cool place. If you haven't been there, you should go. Okay. So now that I've done these self-indulgent talking about my trip, I asked people to submit questions on Twitter and email. Now, I asked people on Twitter Monday night, and I don't think anybody responded. They didn't even... Oh, you guys, nobody responded. That's okay. It's Monday night. Did get a couple of questions on the email, so we'll get to those now. Let's go with... uh, Kyle. Let's go with Kyle Terpenning, who refuses to get Twitter. He writes, the Packers are 6-1. That blowout in week one feels like a long time ago with some impressive wins along the way against opponents I never thought we'd beat. And in this game, we have some things to celebrate. Finally, not only a red zone stop, but three. Of course, it was only against Washington football team. Or he... It was only against WTF. (laughs) Sorry, can't help myself. And no major injuries. I really hope the others can come back for Thursday. We're going to need every tiny bit of help against the Cardinals. And I'd love for my first live game to be a Packer win. What do you think the chances are of players like Bach and Alexander coming back for that? Either way, I'll have a lot of fun. Repping my cheese head and jersey and even making the wife wear a Nelson jersey. She's a Chiefs fan. Oh, good for you, Kyle. Go Pack Go. Well, didn't you? And then he and then he did send me an email today, I want to say, saying, follow up in regards to the news. Oh, shit. So, yeah, that, yeah, that was bad. The news today was not good. Um... Well, didn't you say that you had you helped move a 600-pound piano or something for your wife right before kickoff last week or a couple weeks ago? So I, she could pay you back by wearing a Chiefs jersey. Or she's being a Chiefs, she can wear the Jordy Nelson jersey to the game, even though she's a Chiefs fan. I don't think that's too much to ask. She could stand by her man. Come on now. Um, so a lot to get to here. Let's talk about, yeah, the red zone stops were all, yeah, it was awesome to see. Like I said, it was, you could really even count those ones in the first half. So it was more than three, really. It was great stuff. Um, uh, as Okay, so you asked me about the chances for Bach and Alexander. Well, I don't think Josh's coming back, unfortunately. Although I believe he was spotted at the game yesterday on the sidelines, so that's good. I don't know what's going to happen with Alexander. I think with Alexander and Z, I think they're just sort of aiming for after the bye week, which is like mid-December. I would be shocked. If we see either of them these next five weeks, maybe Jair Z not at all, but maybe Jair towards the tail end, like maybe that Rams game Thanksgiving weekend. It's hard to see. Bakhtiari is an interesting one. I don't think 
We'll see Bakhtiari this week. I still think it's probably going to be the Chiefs game on November 7th that we see him make his debut. It's not impossible, though. Although I do think MBS will be back, and King will be back, and Preston will be back. So that'll help. That should help at least a little bit, for sure. Um, Yeah, and it's your first I know it's your first game Thursday, first Packer game. So I'm, I'm, I'm hoping that you get to see a good one, Kyle, for sure. And then I have another one here from uh, Jeff. He writes... Hi, Lem. Wait, I think he meant Lemp. <laughs> Lemp's? Lem? Is my name Lem? Lem's talking pack? <laughs> I kid. It says, hi, Lem. I'll say Lemp. I'm buzzed, so this will ramble. <laughs> That's okay. I love listening to you after the game. The Packers still seem to find a way to win, even with a porous defense, a crappy special team, crappy special teams, and at least in this game, a leaky offensive line. We will get crushed on Thursday against Arizona if the defense doesn't stiffen up. I predict the O-line will be better next week. The special teams, not special at all, will not be fixed this year. So it's down to the defense. Like to know your thoughts about our chances at Arizona. Cheers, Jeff. Well, thank you for your kind words about listening to the show, Jeff, after the game. I really appreciate that. Always means a lot to me. Uh, As for you being buzzed, hey, why not? Who cares? Hey, I was buzzed all day yesterday. I actually got back to the hotel after the game. My wife and I, and it was like six, it was like six thirty, and I'm like, I'm just gonna lay down for a minute. And I lay down and I woke up and it was like eight o'clock. And I was like, what time is it? The Sunday night game was like almost at halftime. Or was it the end of the first quarter, I think? And I was like, Oh no. And I just started drinking again. So I'm still a little hungover today. So hey, being buzzed, hey, that's that might some people might shun you for that. I welcome you here for that. That's fine. Uh, let's see. Uh, you know, I, you know, I, I do, I see what you're saying about the defense again. I thought they were pretty good overall, uh, against Washington, although I can see why you might still have some questions. Special teams is still, again, jury still out, but I thought they played better yesterday. And yeah, the offensive line, that was a surprise. I mean, I know Washington's defensive line is very good, like I talked about earlier. I was a little surprised to see the Packers get so manhandled up front, though, at a lot of, at a lot of points in the game. That was definitely a surprise. Um, and yeah, I mean, you're right. If the D, you know, the defense gave the, the red zone stuff is nice. They did give up a lot of yards. They're going to have to be better against Arizona than they were. Um, yeah, I think I'll say this. I think there's a chance that <laughs> I don't know about Thursday. <laughs> I feel like the Packers are either going to win big or either going to win a nail biter or get blown out. I feel like it's a two outcome thing. That's just my early take right now. Uh, yeah, and I would say, I mean, I think the offensive line will be better because it's, you know, hard for them to be worse than they were. Um, yeah, so our chance, the chances against Arizona, like I said, I just, you know, I could see them winning though. Cause it's just like, we, it's like those circumstances are so weird. It's like, oh, Devontae is probably not going to play. The defensive coordinator is probably not going to play. They're beat up in a lot of other areas. Like, oh, there's no way they're going to win this game. And then they do. Cause just the NFL is just fucking weird like that. So I'll say I think either the Packers win a nail biter or they get blown out. I feel like that's going to be one of the two outcomes. And if they get blown out, I hope people don't panic and just remember that they are missing a lot of key players and hopefully that that will change as the season goes on. Okay, so big picture time now, 43 minutes in. Oh boy, long one tonight. After the disaster in Jacksonville in week one, it would have been hard for even the most seasoned NFL prognosticator to see Green Bay winning its next six in a row. But the Packers have done just that. 
Has it always been pretty? No. But asking for beauty would likely be a bridge too far, considering how much top-end talent the Packers are currently without. Survive in advance is the name of the game at the moment. Check and check. And in the process, the Packers have given themselves a solid cushion, heading into what appears to be the toughest stretch of their schedule. Clashes with NFC West Titans, Arizona, and Los Angeles could serve as playoff previews. A road game at Minnesota, a team that could definitely be better than its record suggests, is never easy. And before you go laughing when you see the surprisingly struggling Chiefs and Seahawks in this group, just remember who their quarterbacks are. Those will not be gimmies. There's been a lot to like about Green Bay thus far, but just how good are these 2021 Green Bay Packers? Strap in and hold on to your butts. We're about to find out. Okay, that just about wraps up this slightly delayed episode of Lemp's Talk and Pack. Thank you for your patience. Hope you've all had as much fun listening as I did recording. It's always a blast, especially this one where I get to, like, report back from everything I saw at Lambeau. That's especially fun for your boy, Lamps. A little self-indulgent, but I hope you enjoyed it. We look ahead now to, Jesus, Thursday night. <laughs> yep, Thursday night. Game of the year game of the year in the NFL, at least up to this point in the season, as the 6-1 Packers travel across the goddamn country in a short week to face the 7-0 Arizona Cardinals. That one is set for a 7-20 Lambeau time kickoff on Fox and the NFL Network. Arizona, man, they got it. I mean, they're 7-0. Everywhere looks like they got it. Kyler Murray's playing like an MVP candidate. He's It's all coming together for him. Obviously, they have DeAndre Hopkins. But it's not just Hopkins. That's the thing. Like, you look into Arizona and you go, like, oh, it's just Hopkins. But not really. Like, Hopkins, look at Hopkins, 420 yards receiving. But there's Christian Kirk, 408 yards receiving. A.J. Green, 406 yards receiving. So those guys, 60, 58.3, and 58 Exactly, yards per game, respectively. So it's a three-headed monster at wide receiver. They just added Zach Ertz from Philly at tight end. It's going to be a formidable challenge. Defensively, Golden's been playing great. Chandler Jones is still doing his thing. He'll be back for this one. J.J. Watts there, as we know. Murphy's got three picks. I mean, they're loaded. And that place, that stadium, man, as we have seen in the past, that place gets fucking rocking when it's loud. It gets loud. This is not going to be easy. But hey, winning big games on the road never is, right? I mean, the Packers did already win one big road game in Cincy a couple weeks back. <laughs> it was wacky as shit, but that... Hey, we, you saw what Cincinnati did to Baltimore on Sunday. Cincinnati's no joke. You know, they're the they're the top team in the AFC right now. The Packers went into their place and won. So, could they do it? Yeah, it's not impossible. Definitely not. Fuck it, let's do it again. Let's win another one. That's what I say. Uh, As for when you'll hear from me again, oh shit, yeah, I'm going to be back Thursday night, so just about 72 hours from now, I'll be back behind this trusty microphone, my trusty Yeti Blue stereo microphone, which I love so much. To recap that game, win, lose, or draw, of course it'll be Friday morning when you hear from it, Friday morning when you hear it, so again, just about 72 hours if you go by the Tuesday morning to Friday morning thing. Short weeks, I'll tell you what, short weeks mean nothing to me. I don't give a shit. I will be here. I'm going to be here Thursday night, so keep your eyes and ears out for that. And of course, I'll keep you posted. So until next time, whenever that may be, I am Chris Lempesis. This has been Lemp's Talking Pack. Thank you so very much for listening, Packer Nation. I love you. I love you. I love you. Stay safe out there in this crazy-ass world. And remember, always and forever, go Pack. Go!